Iowa everywhere. John Miller, Chris Williams, from the Channel Seed Studios, it's Miller and Williams, presented by Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. Three locations in Iowa, three times the fun. You'd rather be here. This is Iowa Everywhere. Hello, welcome to Snow Day episode. I feel like this is, um, I like pro wrestling. And they'll just like randomly name like, oh, it's Monday Night Raw. And they'll they'll give it like a name. Right. Like Like a pay-per-view thing. Yeah. 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 Titty Twister. Miller Williams. Snow Day. Snow Day. Here on Iowa Everywhere. Right. You know, it's it's not unprecedented um, because what we had the last time Iowa, central Iowa was under the gun like this with weather, this severe snow, I think was like December 8th and 9th of 2009. Yep. And I remember that pretty clearly because that was the famed snowmageddon. And, uh, that was when, uh, Dace and I were snowed in the studio for two nights. Andrew Downs, uh, came in to give us the, the breakdown on, his drive-in on day two said Kias were littered about the, the streets of Des Moines. Probably some of the best ever radio content uh, I ever did or ever will do. But, man, that was brutal. But this looks like it could be worse for Iowa. <laughs> like, you guys well, had what, what? How much snow did, did Des Moines have from the first batch? I mean, I had, like, uh, I had at least 10 inches here. That's what she Make said. Make your jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had to. Um, okay, so how much um, more you can get now? Probably another ten. Oh gosh! And then it's gonna be like below zero and blowing everywhere. Is yeah, the, the blowing. That's the thing, and that's what we had in in two thousand nine. It was like I can play you the freaking Jerry Ann Ritter like uh, horrible conditions. Uh, I mean, it was it's almost like a joke. Like yeah. the end of the world's happening. This is worse. What you guys are experiencing now, 10 inches on, on top of 10 inches with 50 mile an hour wind gusts. It's this brutal. is as bad. This is as bad. Like all of your parents, all your grand. Oh, I remember one time back in April of this, that, and the other. This is it. Like yeah. you're living in the storytelling right now. And you're like, John, shut the F up. We don't need you to tell us what we're going through. I just you know. can one up you now. God rest your yeah, soul. Yeah, you can. You can, you can one up me. Uh, I don't have, a, I don't have an analog for this. I don't think I've ever experienced this in my fifty-two years of living on this planet. What you guys are going through. So, congratulations. What is it down um, there in Kansas City? Is, so right now, uh, we so we got back from Orlando on Wednesday. The snowstorm hit on Tuesday. I think it was the same one that hit you guys. I think we got like four or five inches, and it's it iced here overnight. Our good buddy Ken Miller. Um, he and I were texting yesterday. He, of course, reached out to the right person to talk and ask weather questions to. Ken was asking me yesterday if he thought he could make it from Kansas City to Des Moines today in the afternoon. No. And then I said, let's talk in the morning. And we just literally texted before uh, you and I went live. And um, I said, Kenny, don't do it. Do not do it. And you know Ken. Ken wants to be home so bad. I mean, he wants to be Oh, he's he, such a homebody. He, he would back his car into the parking spots at WHO radio station so he could get the F out of there the second he was done. 
And yeah. even better, he would have the last segment of his show taped and recorded so he could get out of there ahead of time. But Kenny, Kenny, stay put. Don't do this. Don't don't do this. Don't do it. Yeah, it's it's brutal out there. That, I I don't remember. This doesn't happen very often. Two things from this snowstorm, where my my youngest daycare is closed twice this week, which that. Which I think probably is a little bit of an indictment on a worker shortage as well. I would I would guess. Yeah, but they don't they don't do that. They don't do that very often. And then um, both nights they've canceled school the night before. Mm. They didn't even wait to see what happened. They're just like, right. no, we're we're just pulling the trigger. Well, yeah, which I appreciate as a dad because I can plan For a little sure. bit. For sure. And people say, well, when I was a kid, we, you know what? When we were kids, they were dumbasses. All right. Well, they didn't have the, the information either. No. Like, we didn't all have radars in our pocket. No, you, can you let me share the screen real quick? Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I, I, I like basically, I'm like an amateur meteorologist because of my, you job. are. I remember um, you used to, you used to go into those cyclone fanatic weather threads all the time. That was your, oh, thing. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I when I I was vacillating between sportscaster or meteorologist before I went to college, um, but for my work now in, in energy, I have to in this time of year every day I'm looking at weather two or three hours a day, and this is one of the most impressive, <laughs> one of the most impressive storm setups. This thing is incredible. Um, the power, you know, that's not really a good look. Let's stop that. But look at this Iowa. This is like the whole state. This bands of snow, this little dry pocket, if that creeps a little north, that can help you guys out. But man, this is a low pressure system centered almost right over Kansas City right now. <clears throat> Holy crap. And all this, all this energy here is going to get sucked back in on the backside of that spinning low. Iowa's going to keep getting hammered. Chicago's hammered. My gosh, that's impressive. That's impressive. And you're probably talking about maybe. 960 to 990 millibar low pressure system in the wintertime. That's a, that's a monster. That's a freaking monster. Anyhow, congrats, everyone. You'll make it. You'll survive. But, um, uh, good question go here. Brent's watching us on, on YouTube. Brent and from, know, uh, Brent McIntyre? No. Oh, Brent Welder. Okay. Uh, we wanted to know if you're going to go to the Chiefs game. Um, that's a big N.O. I was offered multiple free tickets yesterday and said uh, you would probably I would probably need in the area of five thousand dollars paid to me to go <laughs> to that Chiefs game. Otherwise, I'm not interested. And even at five thousand, I don't think I'd do it. Um, I did. Negative. I did it um, with the Vikings, what, six, seven, eight years ago. It was the cold, second coldest game in NFL history. And it was outdoors. It was when they were playing where the Gophers play, right? And it was it was wild. Like I, I'm I'm glad I went because it's one of those experiences that you look back on. That and I, I was with uh, Travis Hines, who writes for the Register now, and like mm -hmm. we just had so much fun, even even though the team lost. But it was it was a, a real deal where you walk in, and we're all we're all we we're drunk to be honest with you we've been chugging fireball for about two hours as one should yeah and i bought a beer and the beer literally like froze upon opening it it was crazy whoa dude 
Yeah, I mean, it was like minus, I want to say minus 15 plus the wind chill. Like, it was the second coldest game ever. Like, so it's like the NFL's been around for a really long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's, um, that's crazy too, because alcohol lowers the, I think lowers the freezing point, but there's also. It does. It was, yeah, but it, I mean, it was like a Miller Lite, so there's not a lot of alcohol in it. That's true. There's a lot of water, water in that. But, uh, yeah, they're saying this Kansas City game could challenge the record for the coldest game in NFL history. Welcome the Miami the, Dolphins. The feels like has to be with whatever the wind chill is going to be down Minus there. 30. Minus 30. Negative uh, 30 I, degree wind chills. I'm, am I dumb for just housing the under on this because the Chiefs oh, no, no, offense no. sucks? No, you're not dumb at all. Um, I was texting with my brother-in-law. And his buddy just about 15 minutes before we came on, and I saw the over unders not 43 and a half. I said, Hey guys, free money alert, the under. And my brother in law was like, Dude, I was already on it earlier this week. Um, I got it at 44 and a half, but I think I yeah. might do more. So you're, you're going to, I think it's the, it's the A chain, uh, Mostert Pacheco game. I mean, I just think that, you know, if you really, I think it's going to be low scoring. <clears throat> I think actually the Dolphins offensive line is, is really good. Um, and their defensive lines. I mean, I think this is like a nobody gets out of the teens game. Um, yeah. yeah, this is going to be brutal. So, hats off Actually, to anybody who goes. Good luck. I, I'm I'm excited to watch the game. I like these crazy weather games. They're just fun, but it does kind of take a little bit of luster. Dolphins Chiefs would have been really cool. They were really? playing like. Yeah. A- <laughs> But whatever, this is what I like about the NFL playoffs. I like it so much more than how college does. Well, college is going to do this, but so that's good. But I love the, hey, Dolphins, you want a home game? You should have won last week aspect. Of I, it. Yeah, I do respect. But I will also say that I don't know that I like. So if you, the top, the four division winners get the top four seats. So, Correct. you know, you look at the NFC South. And it's you garbage. have, you know, what? Pardon me. It's garbage. The it's NFC garbage. South. And and one of those teams is seated fourth, where the Eagles are seated sixth. Yeah, that's just dumb. Yeah, but I see your I point. guess win more games. Yeah, and I just, Detroit. I don't like neutral field. One thing, if I if I was like the commissioner of all sports, I would cut the amount of neutral court and neutral field games in half. Hmm. Like I, I, your Maui's, you know, I like the Thanksgiving tournaments and college hoops, but like these, like, oh, it's the, it's the peach bowl kickoff in Atlanta featuring Florida state and LSU. Like we have no need for that. Play it on a campus. Right. That's no, where, I'm, I'm down with that. And especially that time of year. Cause everybody's weather's good. Yeah. And yeah, it's I'm like, you're you. taking a home game away from one of these, like these towns need it. You know, like when Iowa State and Kansas State did that for a while, like it drove mm-hmm. me nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, no, just play them on the campus. Speaking of that, are you have you caught wind of the Kansas football issue for next year? No. What do we got so going on? They, they've got scoop. these reno- they've got these renovations, significant renovations they're going to do to their football stadium. Yeah, I knew about that. Make really good upgrades, right? Problem is, they didn't have any plan in place. They thought. Kansas University people thought that they could have the construction ongoing and still uh, play their 
games there. Like what happened at Iowa when Iowa first did the new press box and all that stuff. Um, they were able to like play the season while working on the upgrades, the south end zone, et cetera, the north end zone. They never had to shut down a season and play games at like, you know, where would you play them? And didn't have to share a stadium with Iowa State. Kansas didn't have a – the Kansas University officials were convinced they'd be able to play even though the construction people like, I don't think you're going to be able to play. Well, they're not going to be able to play. They don't have a they – don't, they don't have a, a site yet to play their games. Wow. So it's it's not a really good situation. Now, Arrowhead seems to be like, okay, Arrowhead, I don't know that they're going to want to do that because Arrowhead's a couple of years away from having to – you know, they're going to do some renovations themselves to get ready for the World Cup in 2026. So the Jayhawks, I don't know where the Jayhawks are going to play. Maybe they can play like Olathe South. There's, There's all those another... community colleges in Kansas. Just go to one but of them. But, but you're maybe talking max 20,000 seats, oh, which, you know, go ahead and put the jokes in. For <laughs> I'd say that too. Here. Pretty easy. That would have been great, you know, uh, yeah. t- 10, 15 years ago. Anyhow. Coolest thing ever was when Hilton flooded. Do you remember that really bad flood in Hilton where – that wasn't that long 90s, ago. Like 93? No, it did it again. Um, this probably would have been during your little rendezvous in Oklahoma, so I don't know how much you were paying attention. Uh, it would have been 2010, 2011-ish. Okay. Okay. I was living in Ames. In fact, you would have loved this, being a weather guy. All my photographs from it got picked up by the Weather Channel and like CNN and like mm-hmm. because... Ames was completely flooded. You know where that river is going over Highway 20. Nobody, no media could get into Ames. And right. I was there. You were like there. I was living there. Yeah. So I'm in there, like taking all these pictures of like these flood zones and stuff like that. And it got picked up by, anyways. So Hilton floods. They got to do all this. Um, they got to do all this work to it. So they played the Iowa State volleyball games. It mm-hmm. aims high, and it was freaking awesome. I bet it was. Like I that, bet it was great. I'm all about making smaller arenas for a lot. Like, like, it, 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 like if you're Kansas football, even though you're getting better, you don't want to get bigger. Like, if anything, downsize to make for it sure. to make the atmosphere better. Like playing I those games in a high school agree. arena, and this is college volleyball, so it's it's. We're not at the point now, like college volleyball is a lot more popular now than it was 15 years ago, but it was so much fun. Like I went to like five games that year because it, it was just packed and people were just crazy about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, so Hilton flooded in 2010 and, and I just looked it up and I was still in Iowa because I remember being sent out by the WHO news director at that time to go down to the river um, there in Des Moines and shoot some video. Cause that was kind of the start of the whole, Hey, can you go out and get us some video and we'll upload it to our website yeah. kind of a deal. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I had forgotten that Hilton flooded at that time and you were like uh, snake Plissken escape from Ames. You couldn't get in, couldn't get out. And uh, you were the voice for people. So I was just stuck really good role. <laughs> well, I, I was lucky cause my wife was in vet school. At the time, we had just gotten married, and yeah, I was still living in this <clears throat> tiny ass little apartment there. Think back to those days, making like twenty thousand dollars a year, paying both of our way. And now you uh, make that a month, every month. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, we are. I I 
I botched it. I apologize to our friends at Wild Rose Casino that we had them in the open, but they are uh, the presenting sponsor of Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere each and every week. Uh, the Hawkeyes play tonight. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to date this thing. I think a lot of people will be listening to this pod um, throughout yeah. the weekend. Uh, Iowa State had a big win over Houston this week. They play Iowa State. My, my my final four. My final four dark horse said it after they kicked Iowa's ass. I said this team looks like it has the fingerprints of a final right. four team if they can get their offense a little more consistent. Um, that's a big win. And listen, I Houston, I, I'm not a big believer in Houston wasn't last year. And, and granted, they get when you get the your this year for Houston, they will have proven it, right? Yeah. If they're if they, if they've got four or five losses at the end of the season and they're on the two line, they earned it. Um, because they're in a, they're in the Big Twelve. Well, actually, um, I was telling our buddy Jason Luch this yesterday. I was sitting in his office and I said I put a future I said I put a future ticket on Houston right now. Because even if they have five losses in the Big 12, which they probably will, they're going to be so much more battle-tested and ready for the NCAA tournament than what they have been mm-hmm. playing in the American. They're really good. I've never – Iowa State's played really good defense the last two years, okay? Mm-hmm. Iowa State's been top five the last two years. I have never seen a college team compete on the defensive end like Houston did. Hmm. Really? They even are some so, of, even some of Huggy Bears teams? Yes. Because those Huggy Bears teams, I mean, uh, okay, maybe I should clarify it like this. Compete in the half court defensively. Okay. Like Houston does. Like the Huggy Bear teams is so much full court just pressuring you nonstop and and they fouled a lot and like these Houston guys as far as like rotations and just the how hard they work. On that end, it's no wonder they're the 325th slowest team offensively in college basketball because they're freaking out of gas when they get onto the offensive end because they work so damn hard on defense. It was impressive. It was impressive. I thought for sure. I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have told you, bet you anything that Iowa State was going to lose by 10 when Houston pulled that within like three. It did not feel right. Uh, so that's what made it such a good win, I thought, for Iowa State because they staved them off. You know, you knew Houston was going to close in on that. Like they weren't just going to let you pull away and beat them by twenty. They don't lose like that. But yeah, nonetheless, I, big balls, nice shot. Yeah, um, good looking player. Iowa State as Oklahoma State on Saturday. You've been in Orlando. Uh, I, I want to talk about this because. I'm very open that I think Orlando might be my least favorite city in America that I've been yeah. to. At least I, this is not a slide on Disney. I've, I've never been to Disney, which is maybe why I hate Orlando so much because it's so Disney centric. And when you want to do anything else, totally the, Dis- the Disney thing, just like, I'm a huge Braves fan. Like at some point I would love to go to Braves, um, spring training but they play there at the wide world of sports complex i just don't think i can ever do it i don't i don't want to take trips to orlando just for leisure anymore and uh you apparently based on the notes for the show that you sent me have had a bad orlando airport experience i've had many of these what in the world happened to you were you at disney what's going on yeah so we flew in me so it was me grace mary and my wife 21 year old 14 year old and when you get the, when you get the 
when you get the 21 year old willing to go on a family trip at this stage of life, you, you take your shot. And um, first of all, best family trip we had because the kids don't fight anymore. And that was like so nice. There was no tension, no fighting. It was fantastic. Me and Mary and Grace watched Lost like three or four episodes every night, just a big marathon going on. So it was great. But so um, Universal Studios, that's the place to go. Not Disney. Disney is and Disney's like fast pass system for their it's, it's it sucks. Universal's awesome. So I'm feeling great. I got both my kids with me. 21 year olds there knowing that like, you know, there's there's an old saying. I don't know if it's true. Probably is for some. You're around your kids every day of their lives till like, you know, through like their age of 18. Right. Um, and then once yeah. they go off, once they go to college and once they're done with college, it's all they only you may only spend 365 days with them for the rest of your life, one year, All right? You're with them every day for 18, 18 years. Then You're really depressing me. Well, I'm, this is not, you, you can look at it two ways. You can be depressed for what could be lost, or you can appreciate what you have and appreciate the present even more. So here's yeah. my problem as a human. I'm not trying to interrupt your story. My issue as a human is that I have a hard time just, like sitting here and enjoying it now. Like I'm always thinking like five years down the road. I get it. I know I get it. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Cause you're trying to plan and, and provide for your family from when you're not around. Um, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to die. Um, yeah. Okay. So you, you, okay. Little Gracie, yeah, so, little so Gracie all- is now uh, she's, she's, she's at Kansas and she's like dad. I want to go on this trip and you, you put the chips all in. We're going to oh, Orlando. Yeah. We're going to Orlando, rented this house. Every room's got like a star Wars theme, Harry Potter theme, just fan, just so much fun game room, all this stuff. So yeah, let's roll out the red carpet. Go, Hey, we're going to universal. We're pulling up, pulling up. I'm excited. I don't like roller coasters. Okay. Do not like them. I, I think at some point in time, we adults reach an age where that makes us sick. Or I don't know what it is, but we just like, I don't know. We get soft, but I'm pulling in. I'm like, you know what, girls today, I'm going to ride every single ride that you guys want me to ride with you. And they were like both smiling. They start laughing like little kids. And it just, that's why I did it. I said, I'm going to have one veto though. I get one veto. Right. Cause I saw a ride pulling up that was starting out going straight up, went over a little hill and went straight down. And I'm like, nope. Not doing that. So I'm like, I'm vetoing that one. They're like, okay, that's fine. I didn't do my research. This was all knee-jerk reaction, being happy in the moment. So we walk in. We're making our way through Universal, going through the Dr. Seuss land. I'm like, let's get to the Harry Potter area because I love the Harry Potter stuff there. It's like you feel like you're in like Diagon Alley, and um, it's awesome. Well, we walk by Jurassic Park first. And like, hey, there's a roller coaster. I'm like, okay, let's go. And I see it. I'm like, okay, looks like there's might be one upside down. I'll, I'll just close my eyes. Okay. So we get the universal fast passes, which worth every penny. And like, you're just going by people like, Hey, sorry. Um, you know, <laughs> you feel a little guilty. Uh, it, it's certainly, uh, it's really bougie, but yeah, anyway. I feel like if you're going to do this, you have to do this. I, and again, I don't do these amusement parks often, yeah. but I feel like this fast pass is a no brainer. This is an hour long line. But in no. the fast path, took us 10 minutes. Okay. Brutal. So we're getting locked into this thing. They're pulling it over. Okay. So I've got a hat on. 
And I'm like, okay. They're like, hey, sir, you're going to need to tuck your hat in. Okay, I tuck my hat in, you know, tuck it down my shirt and all that. And then they're like, you may want to, and this is literally, it's, hey, you may want to put your glasses in your pocket. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So I take my glasses off, put them off like this, and start reaching down, and then, <laughs> son of a, it's not a chain propelled thing. This thing is a, I don't know if it's magnet or some type of magnetic propulsion, but that thing goes, I mean, I'm back in my seat. Now, granted, I've got my glasses in my mouth and this thing's going so fast. There's no tick, 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 climbing up that first hill, letting you prepare. You're no. freaking in. You're in, you're doing loop-de-loops. You're going straight up straight. I'm getting sick thinking about it. Anyway, I'm sitting there, my eyes closed, holding on for dear life, you know, like this. My head's getting jostled around. Don't even realize this. Grace is over here screaming at the top of her lungs, and then she stops screaming. I'm like, I hope she's still here alive and didn't fall out because we went over a hill and we came out of our seats, zero gravity, and then into a twist and upside down. And I'm sitting there going, do not let go of these glasses because your whole rest of your trip's going to be ruined, but also don't bite them and break them, dude. It was terrifying, horrible. Halfway through, there's no place to catch your breath. Halfway through, you slow down a little, and then they kick you back through the magnetron. Uh, one minute and 47 seconds later, we're done. And I get off that ride, almost fall down. My knees are so wobbly. My heart rate is at 137 beats per minute from my Apple Watch. Um, want to puke. Grace is a little shaky. And I later Google the Velocicoaster ride. Allegedly, it's the top five most intense roller coaster in the United States and one of the most intense in the f***ing world. <laughs> and the girls are just laughing their asses off. They, uh, the whole day they were laughing about it. And I'm like, you know what? It was worth it for that. But I'll never set foot on a roller coaster again in my life. Um, because wow. right after that, we went and rode this Harry Potter thing that I rode two or three times when we did it together four years ago. No problem. And halfway through that ride, my back is just soaked. I have a layer of sweat on my back. I wanted, I was looking around where I was going to throw up. I'm getting sick even thinking about it. And, uh, dude, this you hit a point in life where you can't hang anymore. So... You're there. That was, I'm there. I'm there. So Chris is in our work? comments. He's watching on yeah. YouTube. Uh huh. And I, I don't know. Chris is just feeding us a line, or he says once you hit forty, the fluid in your inner ear gets thick. This is what causes the roller coaster issue as you get older. I think he's right. It's an inner ear issue. Yeah. And 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 it's it was horrible, dude. I I've not felt that bad in a long time had to basically sit down for about a half hour after the Harry Potter ride. Um, Zach wants to know if you puked. Did you puke? No, did not. Did not. No Haven't puked. Can't even remember the last time I puked. I got a Seinfeldian record going right now on the no puking. Um, so it's been a long time. TB says, okay, girls, I'll write anything you want, but I get nine vetoes. <laughs> you don't have enough time for nine rides in a full day. Oh, but then the next day we go to – so, again, fast – Universal is the bomb. Fantastic. I mean, you can't beat the Harry Potter experience there. But we love Star Wars in this family too. So the next day we go to Disney Hollywood. 
which quite frankly, other than the Star Wars, it's not worth the money. It's just not. It's it's not. But so we go there. We get in the Star Wars Resistance ride and the line was 85 minutes long because they don't have like they have like you can get in line at a certain time, which we did, which somehow that line was I don't know. It was all janky. Anyway, ride of the resist the rise of the resistance ride. And apparently the guy, Adam Driver, the guy that plays Kylo Ren in the new Star Wars movies, he actually rode that at Disney Hollywood like three days before we got there. And three days before we got there, those lines were like over 200, 300 minutes long. We get on the ride. The coolest thing I've ever seen made by man. Not as cool as Yosemite and some of the natural things I've seen in my life. But that ride was one of the most immersive, fun amazing things i've ever seen we were literally they open the doors and you're like in the bay of a star destroyer and they have that window that looks out it it was one of the coolest things we've ever done absolute bucket list for anybody that has any level of affinity for star wars and even if you don't it's so cool but other than that disney hollywood sucks so english says this is the most wholesome family vacation i've heard about in a minute well, I appreciate that. Um, and thankfully, the Millers had like no arguments. It was fantastic. That night we get home. The girls are on the couch. I had pushed pause on loss for something. I had to do something work related. They're putting their feet together, making a little bridge and a tent with with, uh, oh, with blankets. And, I'm, and I, I recorded it. They didn't know I recorded it. Still don't. And I'm I recorded like, my daughter singing Billy Ray Cyrus, Achy Breaky Heart in her room last you. night. And she didn't to. know it. Yeah, because in 10, 15 years, you're going to pull that up and you're going to cry. And it's going to be great. And um, and that's what that's what it was about. So it was all great. It was a great experience. Um, and it's just such a great thing when your 21-year-old even wants to go on a vacation with you. And then we get to the airport. And I'd seen Dr. Men and some other people come leaving, leaving town from the Iowa game uh, last week talking about how how they were missed their flights two hour long line to get through security. And I'm like, well, surely it won't be that bad. you know, after the bowl games are over, it took, it took an hour. Now I have TSA pre-check, but grace doesn't Mary did. And my wife did. So I hung out in the line with grace, bit the bullet with the gen pop and the proles. And, uh, that was an hour and their systems there suck. That airport is so you think of any city in the country. You're right. Have a new airport. It's unreal. It'd be Orlando. Yeah. And it's like it's trash. It's horrible. There the restaurants and like coffee shops suck. Like everything sucks about that airport. The they security line suck. Security lines the security line thing is the worst. You you got the pre, right? TSA pre? No, I I have I have TSA pre check, but Grace doesn't. So yeah, I your wait family in does. the pop line with her. Oh, that's what you okay, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I, felt, I like I was, felt like I felt, felt like I was I didn't catch your gin pop reference. Prison. I won't uh that's the best $75 any human will ever spend. That is, yeah, for sure. For sure. It doesn't matter if you travel once a year, it's worth it. Because you get it for yeah. what five years? Uh, longer than that. Sorry, I was yeah, reading I something real quick. I, I feel like we do need to alert the public. Um, Iowa State wrestling tonight. They're still having it. They were supposed to wrestle Utah Valley. 
They've moved it from 7 to 5 o'clock tonight. This is Friday night. If you're listening on Saturday, don't worry about this. It says in the press release, Iowa State strongly encourages fans to avoid traveling and to watch the broadcast on Big 12 Now ESPN+. Um, they also note that they are gathering information on pending weather event uh, regarding tomorrow's game. So the women will play Baylor at noon. And then I, I'm worried about this Iowa... Nebraska game tonight. Although I would think that Nebraska probably would have gotten to town because it's not that far of a trip for them. I would think that they would have planned ahead a little bit to already be in Iowa City. Um, yeah, it takes a lot to cancel college athletic events. Like it just doesn't generally happen. But maybe we're in a spot where they need to tonight. Right. Um, so Indiana and Iowa basketball, women's basketball game um, tomorrow. Big, big, big game. Like, yeah, it's um, NBC, right? Or Fox, Fox. It's on it's big a, Fox. It's a, it's a big game. Um, Indy, this is as of 55 minutes ago, an Indiana spokesperson said that Indiana is still planning to leave at 2.30 today, but they're monitoring the weather in Iowa. And then uh, John Stepp from the Gazette had a tweet saying, commercial airlines have already canceled most of their flights into Cedar Rapids. So I don't know that that's going to happen. I do think that Nebraska and the officials, um, the, the Huskers got there on Thursday, Fran McCaffrey said, and the officials will be there. So I think what you may see is they play the Iowa Nebraska game, but they may just say they don't allow uh, fans to come in. And it's like a COVID game from years ago where it's just, oh, it won't be that game. different for Iowa. You know how badly I would love to blow you up on that, but I'm not going to. I mean, it's, you're not wrong. Come on. If I didn't make that joke, all my Iowa it's State playing, people. It's, would... it's laying right there, dude. I get it. <laughs> Come you, on. You, you talked earlier about arenas being lower. Didn't Baylor just do something like that? It's like, I think Iowa City, like Carver Hawkeye Arena is a great arena. And yeah, the women are selling it out, but that's probably not going to happen after Caitlin's gone. I bet, you know, Iowa will have a representative women's basketball crowd like they've had when Megan Gustafson was there and before Caitlin got there. Maybe probably better for a bit as long as they keep, you know, winning. But I think Iowa needs like a 10,000, 12,000 max seat arena. And and that would be that would be great. What do you do? Can you can you tear down Carver Hawkeye? Like I, no, no. I think you need to build it out where the Hall of Fame. And is you just have that for wrestling. Family. Like wrestling just has its own deal. Um. Yeah. You know. Or you you maybe you maybe you can uh, re renovate that and make it to where there are fewer seats, more yeah, luxury suites. Point. Um, restaurants on a top tier. You don't need to probably do the whole thing, but um, yeah, I mean, it's those days are done, man. And that's not, that's not like, that is not specifically an Iowa issue. No, it's just, it's, it's humanity. Yeah. It's humanity. Now I, Iowa women season sellout. They have, they have a unicorn who I think, I think when before Caitlin Clark is done, and I know we maybe only have a couple, two, three months left, although Iowa, a buddy of mine, and I agree with him, Iowa should figure out a way to pay her like five or $10 million to come back for one more year. It'd be worth because it. It'd be worth every effing penny. Yeah. It'd, it'd be worth every penny. Um, but but I, I think Caitlin Clark is, when she's, I think she's going to be the most famous college athlete in the history of American uh, college athletics. 
Uh, Tim T- Tim Tebow won a Heisman Trophy. Recognize this, um, and Tim Tebow was widely known. The thi- and, and Reggie Bush, he was really popular too. Won a Heisman Trophy. There was a guy by the name of Michael Jordan that a few people knew back in the yeah, early eighties. Social media is like this. That's like, it. That's yeah. it. They didn't have social <laughs> media. They didn't have NIL. They didn't have their faces on State Farm commercials. They yeah. didn't have likely their own shoe coming out. They didn't, they weren't featured the way that Caitlin is. And again, if NIL and all and social media would have been around back then, Tim Tebow and, and Jordan maybe would have been more probably would have been more popular than Caitlin. The thing is, the social media aspect, Kate, Caitlin Clark is just happens to be here at a time. I think that. I think there's no doubt she's the most widely recognized college athlete in America right now, because you also have the crossover appeal of women. Not that there weren't wasn't that for Tebow. Tebow's uh, Christian faith, I think, helped widen his appeal for some people that wouldn't normally tune in or know about college football. Caitlin Clark covers that bridge from a gender standpoint, and men are amazed, women are amazed, little girls want to be, you know, remember that want to be like Mike that Nike's going to do that with Caitlin, just a, a different, maybe different words. You know, I want to be Caitlin Clark. I was going through TV ratings from 2023 mm-hmm. and it, and it's wild. And, and maybe the Caitlin Clark effect, I mean, it, it'll impact the WNBA to some extent. Yeah. But like the WNBA finals were not even on the radar. Right. And Iowa women's basketball is like considerably a bigger television draw mm-hmm. than the championship game for the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see when she goes. Does that I? I think it will, but I, I think her star is brighter in the college game. And but it but it, it will be very interesting to see how she changes the WNBA in the. I don't want to say perception because I think we all perceive it to be a phenomenal league. Like if you watch the games, like these, these women are incredible, but they don't have the TV power and they never really have where Peacock is putting Iowa women and Purdue on to try and gain subscribers. I mean, that's a huge compliment to them. Yeah, you're right. So the WNBA plays what a 40 game regular season schedule, I think, um, which is, you know, college is 30, 29, 30 for women, 31 for men ish. Um, So you're looking, I think that Caitlin Clark, when Michael Jordan used to go to to visiting arenas, I mean, they were all sellouts. They just it was an effect. Caitlin is doing that now. So the box office lift that Caitlin Clark will provide the WNBA, whether it's home in Indiana, if she goes this year or on the road, will be undeniable. She yeah. has she is she is box office. The television ratings is the, the interesting thing you're talking about. And think of it this way. You have Caitlin Clark, who has been introduced to the entire college basketball world, whether you're a men's fan or a women's fan, and also people that previous to Caitlin Clark didn't really, they had at best a passive interest or no interest in watching either men's or women's college basketball or women's college basketball. Caitlin Clark's changed that. I think there will absolutely be a television ratings lift when she gets to the league. How much? I don't know. But 
when when you have the type of player that she is, and I'm sure the Iowa State fans are don't are some of them are sick of hearing about Caitlin Clark, just because if Caitlin Clark was playing for someone other than Iowa, you, some of you might like her more. Yeah, her it, talent, it's jealousy. I, I, I don't like her complaining personally. I think she complains to the officials too much, and I don't like that. But I, I'm still going to tune in to watch the Michael Jordan of women's basketball. And that's what I feel that Caitlin Clark is. She's the greatest offensive women's basketball player of all time. We don't miss um, games here. My, I, 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 my sister and I have two nieces that are eighth grade and sophomore, so they're they're both basketball players, and they they watch uh, they watch the women's game. They don't really watch men's college basketball. They watch women's college basketball in their house. And our family, you know this, John. Like we've been women's fans forever. Yep. Yeah. We've yeah, like we like way before Caitlin Clark sure. and any of this stuff. Yeah, we were, absolutely. yep. We, I remember watching as a kid Vivian Stringer and you know like all all these uh, Cheryl Swoops. I remember vividly my dad showing me her in Texas Tech when they were the number one team in the country. Yeah. And so this isn't a new thing for our house, but they're they're Iowa State fans. Okay, right. this is my fan. They are Iowa State fans, and my sister texted me the other night. She was very excited because the Iowa State women had this big game against West Virginia. And then yeah. the Iowa women were on Peacock. And my sister got a new, brought up a second TV, got a Peacock subscription so they could do both at the same time just to watch Caitlin Clark. They're not Iowa fans, right? right. Like that's the power that this. They're fans woman, of greatness. Yeah. Take the name off the jersey. If you are a fan of greatness, I remember my friends and I back in the 90s, the early 90s, random, random cold day like tonight in the winter, uh, an NBA game with the Bulls against the Bucks that did not matter. And we would like, hey, let's go to the bars. We're going to the bar tonight to watch MJ, right? Yep. We'd go, we'd drive 15, 20 minutes into Peoria to watch that to watch Michael Jordan because you always feared that you were going to miss seeing something that you'd never seen before and you'll never see again. And while Kobe came after Michael, LeBron came after Kobe, two amazing, awesome players. In my life, there's nothing I've ever seen is like MJ. And that is how I feel for Caitlin Clark right now at 52 years old. I sometimes don't know when the Iowa men's team is playing, but I know when the women are playing and I watch. Well, that's not an indictment of the Iowa men. This team is a rebuilding year. That's fine. It happens. But Caitlin, you don't want to miss it. I would argue too, because you get a lot of pushback and we don't have time for this because I got a 10 o'clock. We'll do this at some point, the racial conversation, because it, the Caitlin Clark thing is, the Caitlin Clark thing has turned ugly, uh, where it's like if you if you publicly support her, people will <laughs> insinuate that you're racist. It's it's really weird. Well, uh, I haven't gotten that, but oh, it's out there. I mean, Don Staley's kind of throwing that crap out there. I, the, the, it, my, I guess my point is again from somebody who's watched the women's game forever, Holdsclaw, Diana Taurasi. You know, all the greats that have come before Caitlin Schwoops, Rebecca Lobo. I'm, I'm leaving a ton of people out. But I'm just naming off the most famous women's basketball players of all time. To your point, they didn't have social media. They didn't have name, image, and likeness. Not all their games were on TV. 
Like, like that's as big of a deal as anything. Like you right, can stream sure. all these games. You can watch all these games now. So Caitlin has those advantages. And two, it's uh, there's she's transcending, and sometimes you can't define it. I can define it because I could say I've never seen. I saw Steph Curry start doing this with the range that he and he changed the game. Steph's the one that changed the game for everybody because he gave little boys and little girls who weren't seven feet tall like Shaq something to strive for. And and if you go watch youth games now, it's totally different. There's kids. their, Their range is unbelievable. Maybe it's not good for the future of basketball. I don't know. But I've talked to Caitlin about this very thing, and she emulated that. And now she has brought it to the women's game, much like Steph did to the men's game. And you've got little girls and boys all over America wanting to play like Caitlin Clark. There's no women's player I can remember who has had that impact on the game. That's the that's her legacy, in my opinion, just from a basketball standpoint. Like she's changed it. And if you watch the women's game across the board, it is so much better of a product now than it was 15, 20 years ago when they were just, you know, pounding it down low to the to the big and trying to get the layup and hopefully you get fouled. Well, now it's like it's fast paced. They're shooting from half court. Like it's crazy. It's so much better of a product. Right, and I, right, right. I think Caitlin doesn't get all of that credit because there were great people who came before her. But due to all the circumstances and her very unique skill set, she has caught the attention that those others before her couldn't do. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, listen, Don Staley has a life, ex- a lived life experience that I'll never have. And yes. um, and I'm not into all the details of it all. Um, but when Michael Jordan came along, he was standing on the shoulders of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, who basically opened the doors and got the, the interest that the America had in in Bird and, and Magic that started with their national championship game. Then they were both went to the NBA at the same time. Two huge markets, L.A., Boston. Uh, the NBA started to be seen not on tape delay. NBA finals in the 70s were on tape delay. Yeah. Um, and then right Jordan that. happened to come after they had opened that door. Caitlin Clark is standing on the shoulders of the greats that came before. She just also happens to be uh, a transformative player with a skill set that the game's never seen on the offensive end before. And at a time when social media, NIL, and all these worlds combined, again, I don't have lived experiences of people of color, so I'm going to be respectful of their opinions. But Caitlin Clark just happens to be the right place, the right time with the skill set that she's worked her 10,000 hours to hone that no one's ever had before her. I hope that Caitlin does for the WNBA what the Dream Team did for the NBA. Yeah, that was another boost. You know, I don't know. That's a lot to put on her. But that's that's but if you sit and talk to her at length, and I have, she's very passionate about growing the game. And, and, and I think she will do a really good antics on the quarter. One thing I'm not crazy about a lot of the stuff either, but I also appreciate it because she's just being authentic and she's just being herself and she's not trying right. to be anybody else. So I appreciate that off the court and politically, not in the sense of Democrats and Republicans. I'm saying like, meeting the right people, doing what's best for the women's game. I think she's going to do all that stuff really well. I think she'll be a great ambassador for the next, hopefully the next 20 years she plays. I think so. Um, Last thing, this will be 15 seconds. 
I don't really like going to sporting events anymore. Don't like the crowds other than going to the Royals games because there's not really a crowd and it's summer and you're chilling. <laughs> you like the but, Royals and Iowa men's basketball. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to try to make it up somehow, some way over the next couple of months to watch Caitlin Clark play a game. Yeah. Because I feel like if I don't, I will regret that for the well, rest of my life. Can I go life. with you? I'd love to. Go yeah. Let me, let me, let me find a, a date. Um, I, and you've, you've interviewed her at length. I'm jealous of that. Um, Kate, I've never She's met, special. talked to Caitlin Clark. Um, I, yeah, th- this is the MJ. I feel like I missed. I, th- I don't want to miss out on the MJ part. I bet you we get you a picture with her. How about that, dude? I would. I would frame it. I would absolutely frame it. This yeah. this kid is so much of a joy to watch. And I and I remember covering high school boys and girls at the Iowa State tournament back in the day for my job. I always wanted to do the girls' games over the boys because the yeah. girls' game was just so. It, at that level, it was more enjoyable. I'm starting to get feel that the women's game right now oh. is at that level it's more it's more enjoyable it's a cleaner game it's about um, skill the men's game now is all about toughness and roughing you up because all the yeah. talented all the super talented guys are in the nba yeah so now it's like how old can we get and how how much can we disrupt your freedom of movement that's the right which game. is not basketball and the women's game is a beautiful game and uh yeah i would love to meet caitlin clark sometime just to say thank you i mean Thanks for, thanks for, I don't even know what. It's just so fun to watch, and I'm glad we're a witness to it. John, appreciate you. Uh, stay warm. We'll uh, we'll be in Love touch. You up there. We're we're gonna ride that Chiefs under. I'm gonna go and hammer it. Yeah, I got it. Listen, I don't even know I can get out and make it to my betting spot ten minutes away. It's so bad. <laughs> got to get to the bridge. I got to get to the troll bridge. All right. Uh, he's John Miller. We're presented, as always, by our friends at Wild Rose Casinos. I'm going to go and place that bet right now. Uh, he's John Miller. I'm Chris Williams. Uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Have a great weekend. Iowa everywhere.